Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. We are joined now by the United States Secretary of Education. He is Miguel Cardona. Mr. Secretary, thank you so much for joining us today. Of Glad to be with you. Uh, so let's start with uh, higher education. Very much in the news these days, perhaps not for the best reasons. Right. With a lot of turmoil on campus coming out of the Israeli-Hamas conflict. Uh, from your point of view, uh, at the federal level, what are the lessons we could learn from that that could make higher education actually stronger? Right. And how could you, at the federal level, help the universities? Well, first of all, I think we have to be very clear that it's, it's first of all, our, our primary responsibility to make sure students are safe um, and that it could be unapologetically themselves on campus. I've spoken to students over the last couple months who have felt harassed. Um, it, it, it's, it's a it's a starting uh, baseline to make sure students feel safe on campus. But we also have to make sure that we're providing better access to higher education. You know, when, when I became Secretary of Education, the President told me, look, we got to fix it. We need higher education to be accessible and affordable to more. And we're working really hard to open doors to higher education to more students, whether that's, you know, redesigning uh, FAFSA. Um, which we know is going to open the doors to 600,000 more students across the country. I'm excited about that. 600,000 more students can uh, have access to higher education. The SAVE plan, which is an income-driven repayment plan. So, you know, a student like me 30 years ago, first-generation college student, I didn't know if I could afford college. I didn't want to put that on my parents. We have programs now that give more confidence and uh, the ability for students not only to finish college, but to be able to pay off their loans and be successful. And that has generational impact. I'm really excited about the work we're doing there. Well, just to stay on FAFSA for just a moment, because sure. there have been some issues with FAFSA this year as people have rolled it out. I know from my point of view, right. working with some students, they've had some difficulties. How are we in that? Have we worked out the difficulties? You know, we've had uh, in the last four days uh, over 500,000 uh, successful applications. Yesterday, we didn't have a waiting room on FAFSA. <laughs> um, it's getting better, but let's, let's keep this in mind. We had a system that's older than me, okay, that hasn't been touched in, in, in about 40 years, 45 years, that is being overhauled to allow 600,000 more students to access federal aid. Think about what that means for our country. And uh, because we had to overhaul it, we, we did a soft launch. We're testing it out. We're working out the kinks of a brand new system, and I'm excited about the potential. I expect with this new better FAFSA, that the FAFSA completion rate in this country is going to skyrocket. More students are going to have access to higher education and fulfill their dreams. So, so when it comes to higher education get generally, what do you think about the governance process? Uh, you mentioned the affordability. That's right. a business aspect because these universities and colleges are big businesses yes, as well as being educational. There's an academic element. One of the issues that's come to the fore right, is what are the respective roles of the president of the administration, of the faculty, of the board, and yes, of the donors? Yeah. Well, look, at the end of the day, we need to make sure uh, higher education institutions uh, are places where students can grow, find uh, their passion. Um, and what we're finding in, in many cases is, uh, you know, people talk about academic freedom, and, and that's under attack. And we have some very extreme Republicans right now that are looking to higher education to continue their culture wars, as they've done with book banning. Um, what we're focusing on is affordability, uh, access, making sure students are completing 
improving the return on investment in higher education. For so many students across the country, they don't see that being a, a good investment. Um, I would argue the opposite. College graduates earn on average a million dollars more than high school graduates. But we have to make sure that the universities, whether they're two or four year colleges, are preparing students for the careers of today and tomorrow. We've worked really hard on creating pathways. Uh, you know, a good uh, higher education system also gives students options, uh, career options. And with the tsunami of careers available now uh, due to the Chips and Science Act, the infrastructure plan, I'm excited about the potential in higher ed. That investment, which is a substantial one, is financed in significant part by debt, mm -hmm. by student debt, which is, of course, a big right. issue. Where are we on that right now? And specifically, uh, are we getting less repayment of the debt than we were in the past? Are you, are you getting the receipts lower? And if so, right. is it because people just aren't paying or because we're forgiving more? No, well, well we've forgiven $132 billion, uh, and we've gone after the for-profit colleges that are taking advantage of students. So we're cleaning up a big mess. I'm going to be very frank with you. We're cleaning up a big mess. We're also improving the processes so that five years from now we're not in the same situation whether the SAFE program that I talked about, income-driven repayment program, um, uh, improving the college scorecard to make sure that parents know what they're signing up for, what they're going to be paying for, um, improving that accountability as well. Um, we're improving the system so that we're not in the situation where students are left with a lot of debt and low income. But are students in general, overall, paying less than they owe than before the suspension? Oh, no, uh, what we're finding is we're at about 60% of the students are back on repayment. Mm -hmm. I think it was like 70% before the pandemic. So there's, there's a, a little bit of a dip there, but we're continuing to improve those numbers. Um, we have the Fresh Start program, which means uh, for those folks that went into default, we're, we're kind of setting them back up for success by removing penalties and letting them get a fresh start to repayment. Uh, the SAVE program is affordable, uh, meaning people that would go into default uh, are now more likely to be able to be successful paying bills. Let's keep in mind this debt forgiveness work that, that we're doing is a result of not only the pandemic, but we had over a million people going into default every year. So we're working on fixing a broken system, making higher education something that people can value and connect it to the careers that we know are coming with all the investments in America that the president has made. One last one, Mr. Secretary. There's a lot of talk about deficit these days, uh, fiscal deficit in Washington. What about education deficit? Uh, we came out of this pandemic, from the numbers I've seen, with a deficit here. A lot of our school kids, right. especially st students who could afford it the least, have fallen right. behind. How can we make up that deficit? Yeah. Look, I'm a fourth grade teacher at heart. I started as a fourth grade teacher, and one of the things that I... Uh, that made me decide to become a teacher is I wanted to address achievement disparities and opportunity gaps that exist in this country. And now as Secretary of Education, I feel even more passionate. The pandemic worsened achievement disparities. Within months of serving as president, the president was able to usher in $130 billion, the most education funding I've ever seen in my career as an educator, um, to address disparities. Districts are using it well. We're starting to see results. Uh, you know, in Nashville, the, the achievement rates are better than uh, the pre-pandemic levels. We're seeing graduation rates in Chicago and Clark County, Nevada improve. Um, but what it says, David, is education is an investment. And as we sunset with the American Rescue Plan dollars, it's critically important that um, we don't talk about education federal funding as a cliff, but as a baton being passed, states and local leaders need to understand the importance of investing in education 
Um, you know, our plan is not just to get back to pre-pandemic levels. I want to raise the bar and lead the world. And if we're going to do that, we have to look at education and our students as an investment. Mr. Secretary, thank you so much for being with us. That's Miguel Cardano. He is the United States Secretary of Education. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.